0: In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. When I was a, a boy, I was a scout for about a week, um, and, but I remember I got this, these magazines that were called Boy's Life. I loved these magazines. Uh, and every month, this magazine would come, and my favorite thing, for whatever reason was there was this uh, thing toward the back where there would be two pictures side by side and you would have to spot the differences between the first frame and the second frame. And so, like, a, you know, a basketball would have become a football or maybe a lamp by a table was gone or, you know, there were two pillows, now there are three. So just think with me for a second about what is different today from last Sunday. For one thing, uh, the church looks different. So we have the purple hangings in place of the festal white. We have uh, a brand new blue sanctuary light. There's a, uh, an Advent candle that is blessed and uh, lit, Advent wreath. But a starker difference, actually, is the, th- the emphasis, the theme of the day, what we're here about. Because a week ago... It was Christ the King, about the reign of Christ over all things in heaven and earth. And today, it is like we have crashed to earth from the heights where we stood. Just read the papers. I mean, there are millions, millions of COVID cases in the U.S., a death toll that rises every day by thousands. We couldn't celebrate Thanksgiving Day with family and friends like we wanted. We couldn't travel, couldn't gather together in groups larger than eight. So where's the reign of Christ when you live in a red zone? In Tennessee alone, I read this week, in Tennessee alone, 950,000 people are food insecure. And a quarter million of them are children. In Tennessee, in our state, one in six children, one in six, wonder where their next meal will come from. And estimates say we need almost $500 million to pay to feed all of our neighbors. What is that about Christ being king again? If you feel that tension, as I do, If last week to this gives you whiplash, and if you long for something to change, to happen, for someone to come down and make this stop, welcome to Advent. Every year, uh, Fleming Rutledge says, every year, Advent begins in the dark. Advent begins in the dark. Fleming, who to my mind is the best advent preacher that we have, says that this season is not for the faint of heart. So you just listen to the readings that we had today. From Isaiah, Oh, that you would tear open the heavens and come down. Don't be exceedingly angry, O Lord. Don't remember your iniquity forever. That's the language of lament. It is Israel... In exile in Babylon, 70 years. They're among foreigners with a different culture, different customs. They can barely remember home, barely remember how things used to be. Estranged even from God. How long will this last? And then the psalm picks up the theme, how long God How long will you be angered despite the prayers of your people? And then there's a refrain three times. Restore us, O God of hosts. Restore us, O God of hosts. Restore us, O God of hosts. Show the light of your countenance, your face, and we shall be saved. In the darkness where we are, will you just show us your face? Will you let us see just a sliver of light? You can save us if you want. You can end all of this When will you come? And for our answer, there is silence. This is the dark side of the divine, the deus absconditus, the hidden God. If you know what it is like to feel God's hiddenness, His absence, His silence, welcome to Advent. You probably know um, that lexicographers uh, at, at uh, Oxford Languages, they're the folks who main, maintain the, uh, the OED, the Oxford English Dictionary, uh, which, by the way, I've always wanted a copy of. All 20 volumes. If you haven't gotten my Christmas present yet, you'd like to do that, you just drop a cool grand on that, I'll take it, put it in my office. I have to move out like a wing of the office to fit it in but I've always wanted a copy of the Oxford English Dictionary but the people at uh, Oxford Languages um, every year they name a single word as the word of the year so it's like a word or phrase and so in 2013 it was selfie 2005 it was truthiness 2000 it was Chad remember that? Oh the simpler days but this year for 2020, they just gave up. So we can't come up with one word. So they, they, they did a whole list. And the report said there's no doubt the volatile events of 2020 have had an unprecedented impact on the way we live and work. Specifically, COVID-19, which has drastically altered our daily lives and our language. And so, what are the words? Well, the list includes coronavirus, of course. Pandemic which is up 57,000% from last year, lockdown, PPE and N95, wildfire, impeachment, systemic racism up 1600%, and there's even a a neologism, you know this word? Uh, uh, It's a word that didn't exist last year, that they just made up for 2020 and it's doom scrolling. Doom scrolling is defined as the act of consuming an endless procession of negative online news to the detriment of the scroller's mental wellness. If you feel like we are doom scrolling our way to the end of 2020, welcome to Advent. But in some ways, this is meet and right. It's meet and right. Advent is right where we should be. The church is actually most at home in Advent, in the tension of this season. We should feel whiplash between last week and this. Because we know the story. We know about Christmas. We know about Holy Week and Easter and the Resurrection. But we know, too, that all is not well. It's not. The church knows intimately the collision of the two ages, the now and the not yet. What St. Paul calls this present age when darkness presses in and the age to come when darkness shall be ended. God plants His church first firmly on that frontier between the ages where Christ is reigning but war drags on. So Advent is our native time, yours and mine. When the powers of darkness are defeated and yet the defeated darkness persists. Advent begins in the dark. And the church inhabits that darkness, but we do not despair. In fact, we scan the sky for the dawn because the church lives, even in the dark, the church lives in hope. In the Rector's Forum for the next couple of weeks, um, I plan to look at some of Fleming Rutledge's sermons. Uh, She is a favorite of mine precisely because of how she preaches Advent, Um, because she uh, does not preach a triumphalist gospel of prosperity, but at the same time she doesn't preach a, a kind of progressive gospel that says, you know, God's gone, but let's just be nice to each other anyway. She doesn't flinch from the questions of Isaiah and the Psalms. The where is God parts of the Bible. What is taking so long? Are you deaf? Where is God? And here's her answer. Her answer is, we don't know. We do not know why God delays so long. We do not know why he so often hides his face. We do not know why so many have to suffer so much with so little apparent meaning. All we know is that there is this rumor, this hope, this expectation that the master of the house is coming back. The first Sunday of Advent is not about the first coming of Jesus and incognito in the stable. In Bethlehem it's about the second coming about the final breaking in of God upon our darkness it's about the promise that against all the evidence there is a God who cares to each and all on this first Sunday of Advent we bring this announcement God will come his justice will prevail He will destroy evil and pain in all its forms once and forever. And then she says, to be a Christian is to live every day of our lives in solidarity with those who sit in that darkness, in the shadow of death, but to live in the unshakable hope of those who expect the dawn. That's our job. St. Bartholomew's, we begin every Mass in this season with with one verse uh, from that great Advent hymn, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. And you'll notice that over the course of the Sundays, or if you go back and you look at it in your hymn book, that all eight of the verses are written from inside the darkness. So today's was O Come, Emmanuel and Ransom, captive Israel that mourns in lonely exile here mourning in exile that's lament, that is Isaiah, that's the Psalms but you'll also notice that not one of the eight verses ends that way they all end with the same refrain rejoice, rejoice Emmanuel! Uh, uh, o oh Israel Emmanuel shall come That is Advent. If the church knows nothing of mourning, if it knows nothing of exile, then I suspect that we are just not fully aware of the facts. Because the news is not fake. The darkness is real. But if we have not hope, we are not Christ's. If we have not hope, we are not Christ's. It may be dark now, but C.S. Lewis says that all the leaves of the New Testament are rustling with the rumor that it will not always be so. To be a Christian is to be able to look unflinchingly at the darkness, the darkness in the world and the darkness in ourselves, but instead of being beaten down by it to stand as a watchman waiting for the morning. The master of the house will come and what I say to you, I say to all, keep awake, welcome to Advent. In the name of God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit.